0: Hey, Welcome to the Relentless Positive Duty Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. And my guest today is Di Emanuel. So he's a super dad. He's out dating his wife. He's the lead by example kind of guy. That's the kind of guy you want in your life, right? And listen to his mission. That's why he is perfect for this show right now. So he wants to positively impact one million role models around the globe to lead a functionally fit life through education, encouragement, and community.
1: Die, thanks for being on, man. That's amazing. Joe, thank you, man. It's like uh you know, after listening to a few of your episodes, but also just checking out your platform, like, dude, we're from the same cloth. You know Absolutely, what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's my brother from another mother. And uh, it's just but it's it's awesome, right? Like it's it's we were talking before we hit record today, you know, this that. Just those opportunities to get around more people that you share similar interests, but also share a similar energy with. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And just how quickly that can change everything for us. You know, when you get around somebody that wants something similar to what you're wanting or doing similar things than what you're doing, that power of duplication and then amplification, especially when you get around a community of people like that, it's like, hello, what can't I do, right?
0: Right. Hey, if you guys can feel around, right I can change the room. Can y'all feel that? How the room kind of changes, you know, wherever you are, that's what he does. So hey, uh, what do you say we positively impact some people right now? What do you say? All right. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right, let's let's go. So let's bring it back. So you may want to hear his accent a little bit. So uh where did you grow up? What yeah. kind of kid were you grow, growing up? What
1: are you talking about? Uh no, I'm just doing <laughs> – yeah, no, I'm I'm uh I grew up in eastern on uh Canada, but um eastern Ontario specifically. So if, if people are aware of Toronto. You know, it's Ontario is that state that's north of New York State. Right. Um, And well, to be honest, I I grew up just outside of Toronto, you know, and uh, or Toronto and uh, (laughs) um, but I was far enough removed that we were in a small, more rural community. So I grew up in a small town sort of feel. Uh, like just as an example, our entire high school had a population of 1200 kids, which I know isn't uh, small, but it's not huge. Like when you look at some of these massive schools, like now when my kids are going to school here in Vancouver, you know, they they had over 3000 kids at that school. So it's, it's a big difference number wise. And, uh, you know, my graduating class, I knew everybody by name, right? Like that, that just to put this in perspective. So that that was sort of how I grew up, you know, and then when I turned 18, though, I was peace out, you know, I'm uh, I'm moving west, go west, young man, and uh, (laughs) I did, I I moved to Vancouver, and uh, never looked back, because I'm, one, I don't like the cold, so people are probably like, well, why are you in Canada, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) Vancouver is like Seattle, climate-wise, so, you know, most of the time, you don't get snow in the winter, it's rainy, um, but you typically don't get you know snow I can drive to Whistler if I want the snow you know I got the choice now and uh, but also it's the outdoors I I love the outdoors love hiking love walking running cycling anything I could do outside I love so lifestyle wise it made better sense to come here but also I wanted to leave behind all the old beliefs people had about who I was man I mean there's something about reinventing ourselves and 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 really just going to a place where nobody knows us Uh, that excited me you know, and, uh, and that was another motivation. So yeah, those are a few things. But yeah, I'm in Vancouver now. And, uh, but I grew up in Ontario.
0: That's a great point. You can't be kind of pigeonholed by people that have known you your whole life. Like, oh, that's yeah. just that. That's what he does. Yeah. So, man, was that the version of like the American version of going from New York to
1: California? Is that the Canadian? <laughs> yes, region? yes, okay. yes. Uh, with the exception, you know, I grew up in a small town. So I, I think it would be like living in upper state New York in one of those smaller communities, you know, and then moving out to like L.A., right? Like I'm okay. just trying to get create that juxtaposition. I went from small town life to, to the big city of Vancouver, which isn't a very big city, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but but it was big enough and it was bigger than what i was used to but uh yeah definitely that that you know it was something that i knew i always wanted to do yeah and uh especially as i went through a big change in my teen years i was morbidly obese as a teenager so i I didn't come from health and fitness i actually came from the other end of the spectrum but after i went through those changes you know it took me like six years to get to my largest like a bmi well in the 40s and it took me about six years to get to that size, to that state of unhealth. But it, when I made a change and made a decision to get healthy, it took me 20 months to release all that weight and to, to get to a new place where I felt better about who I was and more confident about where I was going, which allowed me to confidently say, yeah, I'm I'm going to sever all my ties here. I'm moving out west. And I'm just going to lean into that person I've always wanted to be and be that. You know, and and so I, I don't know who doesn't get excited about that kind of an idea because I, you know, it's almost a cliche now we, we hear about that so frequently. Right. But I, I loved it, man. It was just a great opportunity. You know? Oh, yeah.
0: So what was the turning point? So you, you're you're an overweight teen and you decide mm-hmm. one day, hey, this I've had enough. What, what was the turning point? Pretty much.
1: Well, you know, we we hear the cliche, oh, man, I, I hit rock bottom. Right. And, but I was really creative as a kid. I was like, rock bottom, what's under the rock? Well, let me find out, <laughs> you know? So I was like, lift that rock up. Oh, look, I got a little skate patch. I can go even deeper, you know, <laughs> and my despair and my wallowing and my my self-pity. But, um, it, you know, it, to be fair, in most of us as kids, we've had something fairly traumatic that might've happened that creates, you know, just a big change in our lives. And, and, and often the change, it's not like we say, hey, Life, give me some big changes, you know. Please, yeah. I, I I want, want change. Right, <laughs> I mean, whoever wakes up and says that, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I, and uh, so it was my first experience of feeling like I was a victim of change and I was powerless to it. You know, and that was at age nine. All oh, right. Wow. my parents dropped the bomb on my brother and I. We're separating, getting a divorce, and and you know, I'm totally going to date myself. So I'm going to be 47 in a few months. So I'm 46 right now. This is going back, right? You go think about it. Going back to when I'm nine. This is a long time ago, all right? This is like 1985, people. Uh, and, and in the 80s, we didn't have the internet like we have today. But also, if people remember, if they do some research, you'll realize that there was also a lot of stigmatization around divorce. And so, you know, where do I turn? As a nine-year-old, where do I find resources? Where do I find support? Who do I talk to? You know, because my parents were busy enough on their own stuff. Right. You know, they were navigating... You know, this I'm trying to untangle and figure out how's life going to move forward. Now, we got these two kids that we have to think about, plus their careers and everything else. Right. So I get it. I understand now. back then I had no idea. But now, you know, as a father of two girls that are, you know, 18 and 20, I now have a lot more empathy <laughs> and sympathy for what my parents were doing. That's but, right. um, you, you know, I, I was at that nine year old place, didn't have anybody to talk to or people, to you know, to, to just vent and open up about what it was going on internally. So I bottled it all up. Bottled it all up, you know, and but I wanted to feel better. I want to feel like I had some control in something for my own life. And I found out really quickly wow, if I eat certain types of foods and I do certain types of activities like playing video games or watching movies, wow, I feel better in that moment. Life doesn't feel so daunting. Mm-hmm. I'm okay and I and actually you know when you learn about neurotransmitter and how certain things influence how we feel very quickly chemically speaking um, those activities became reinforced because instantly they make me feel better in the moment but that's fleeting as anybody will tell you you know it's not like I was sitting around Joe saying hey Joe pass me some more salad please <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> it was like no I was eating food that was really uh, dense in, in calories yet very poor in nutrition value and so in, in essence I was like starving myself you know of a lot of vitamins minerals uh and, and uh micro nutrientency like it just I wasn't getting any of that stuff so I was always hungry wanting to eat more and again just and I know anybody that's put on a lot of weight in their life or might be in that state of unhealth it it, it doesn't happen overnight it's a compound effect of time and uh at 15 I I just got to a place where I didn't want to keep having those ideations of what life would be like if I didn't wake up in the morning. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, that that scared me. Uh, I didn't like that. I I never acted on it, but it was a present thought and it was always there because that seemed easy. You know, that would be the easiest way to just stop how I'm feeling about myself. And, you know, it it got to a place where I just realized if change is going to happen, it's got to be me that makes it happen. But I don't have to do it alone. And, yeah. and so when that flip of the switch happened, I, I remember going to my dad and my mom and saying, listen, I want to get healthy. And I was 15 years old and they both looked at me and they're like, really? OK, what can we do to help? You know, like because at yeah. that point in time, my family was always coming to me saying, hey, why don't you try this? Or how about you do this? You know, because as parents, we want to see our kids happy sure. and we will just constantly give them ideas and we're trying to support them. But Every time they came to me offering up a piece of advice, I just thought, and this is what I heard: "I'm not enough. You don't like me as I am. You think I need to change." And again, I already had a really bad relationship with change because I remember last time I had big change, it was something that I didn't want. My parents got divorced, so I'm like, "Change is bad. Um, food is good. Video games good. Movies good." You know, and and uh, long and short, I made that decision. Got a mountain bike. Started moving my body every day. I then went and educated myself on nutrition. Went to the library, got books out. My kids are still like, dad, why don't you just Google it? I'm like, hey, I'm older than Google, older than Google, you know, and a bunch of smart asses. Um, But uh, anyways, and and then that was it, right? Like that was sort of how things started. And it took 20 months of consistency and frequency and constantly reinforcing some of these new good habits and patterns and recognizing, wow, these make me feel just like when I would have a big bowl of ice cream, Mm. but I don't crash after this, (laughs) you know, I don't crash after a nice workout. You know, I might feel fatigued and whatnot, but if I eat a healthy meal after, I feel great. I feel way better than I did before I did the workout. I'm like, ooh, this is good. You know, so it's reaffirming these new actions do provide the positive effect. And then just committing to that lifestyle. And uh, and that's was a, such a valuable lesson for me to learn early on in life, because I've seen that repeated actually a number of times, you know, up to now where I'm 46. And it's still happening today, right? But my relationship with change is much more understanding and sympathetic and empathetic but also I recognize that I have the power to change whenever I decide to you know wow
0: get the power back that's amazing right there so so let me ask you so I I know I know some of the best trainers that I've ever met have Mm -hmm. a similar story that they too were overweight out of shape and they know how that feels. how has that helped you on your journey to help so many people Mm -hmm. get through the same stuff you've gone through (laughs)
1: Well, empathy is a powerful emotion. You know, I I really feel if if everybody was more empathetic, the world would be very different. You know, it just would. Unfortunately, narcissism is alive and real. And, uh, you know, I look at some of the global leaders, Putin, uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot of empathy there, right? And and, and I mean, we see this repeat itself quite frequently, right? But long and short of it, that empathy, has allowed me to better understand and connect with people, but also from the standpoint that I know what it's like, you know, I know what it's like to wake up in the morning and everything hurts. And that first action that you do in the morning feels hard, you know, like just even (laughs) tying my shoes, you know, or I remember back then, you know, in the high school, my home room was on the third floor. So my first thing I'd have to do get into school is walk up three flights of stairs, and I remember having a little bit of a sweat on my brow, being huffing and puffing, like that was real, man. Like that's, that's just where I was. And and I got there because I allowed myself to get there, you know? And uh, so now having that perspective and that experience allows me to better understand where people are at, but more importantly, help them plot a realistic path to get to where the next stop along that, that journey that they themselves have said they want to embark on. You know, and I'm not planning the final end destination because we never really know what that is, but we can start to plot milestone goals. And and that's where I think I've really been able to to support people is because I I see in them that potential, you know, and and able to tease out of them at least a plan to help them realize that themselves. And uh, so that's definitely what I've learned through that ability of just being able to reframe and better understand my own journey, you know. Yeah,
0: for sure. And if you've walked in those shoes, it helps so my I think it helps on the other side, on the client side as well, that, oh, well, well, maybe yeah. he won't judge me as much as that last guy did or something that's like right. that. So they, they've seen that. I'm, I have a similar story as well. And I've been able to help so many people because I, hey, I don't know exactly what you're going, but here's what I went through and I can help you get there. I've got the roadmap. Just let's, mm-hmm. let's walk through this together. Let's walk through it together. So that's great that you're out there doing that. So uh, let's switch it up Thank a little you. bit. So uh,
1: first sure. of all, tell people
0: <laughs> what your nickname is and how you got your nickname. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, a little context to this. So I, I've been someone that's was always a bit of a gym goer since I made that change, you know, at, at 17. Obviously, I lost all that weight, but then I wanted to start putting good weight on like muscle mass. So I, I discovered the gym, I discovered weight training. And I really liked it, you know, and uh, because I already had the ability to put weight on, whenever I've lifted weights and eat well and train well, I I put mass on really easily, which is, you know, it can work in either direction. You know, always a great thing, right? <laughs> uh, my body's very good at packing on the LBs, but but when I'm doing it intentionally w- with specific types of training, I, I can put on some really good weight. And uh, all that being said, I have this understanding of sort of how my body moves, right, and and what it likes and what it doesn't like, and and I think that that's a thing that most of us want, you know, is to have that better understanding. You, you know, you mentioned like the roadmap or the blueprint, right? Well, how many of us actually have a blueprint for our own lives? Like, very few, right? I mean, yeah. we're just in the the motion of day after day, and um, and I get that because I've lived in that space for a lot. Um. Long and short of this, I got into selling fitness equipment early on in my life, in my early 20s, because I realized as a personal trainer, it's really hard to start a family. It's really hard to be successful, unless you're willing to compromise lifestyle. It's just the way it is. You know, the most successful trainers out there, yeah, they might be serving, let's just say, 30 to 35 clients a week. And if that's an hour per client, it's not like you're punching in for 35 hours, you know, like eight hours a day. It's like a couple sessions in the morning session at noon maybe and maybe a few sessions after five o'clock so your day might be a 14 hour day to bill for six hours right right? so it's it's hard it's hard and uh so i got into equipment sales fitness equipment sales and i was like whoa this is kind of cool and they were like yeah it's performance-based pay and i'm like well what does that mean and and when they explained it to me i I was like okay wait 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 let me get this right you know they're explaining commission and how all that works i was like you're basically telling me the more people i can help get healthy and and really help them find the right products to help them get the results that they themselves want you'll pay me more They're like yes and i'm like i'm in <laughs> and and i applied myself you know i really wanted to learn everything i could about customer service and sales and and really just how to create value for people and uh i excelled very quickly and what happened was a few years into that all of a sudden this thing called crossfit popped up and I mean, I I only knew about it because I read uh, an article in men's health that was interviewing the trainer that was training the guys for the movie 300. If anybody remembers the old 300 movie, Gerard Butler and all those guys, they're jacked, right? Like, they're like, these are Spartan warriors. And uh, when I was reading that article, they talked about CrossFit principles. And this is the first time I'd ever heard of it. Funny enough within that, you know, very short period of time, the guy that opened up the first CrossFit gym in Canada came walking into one of our stores and bought some equipment for his gym. And as part of the discount we gave him, he said, Hey, if you want to come down and try it, come down anytime. I put it off for six months. I just wasn't willing to do it. And then eventually more and more started coming up about this. And I'm like, why am I so against this? Why am I think that I'm, I know it all and I'm already good enough with doing what I'm already doing. I already go to the gym. I know how to work out. I know how to exercise. Like I don't, yeah, it's just another group fitness thing. I don't think that's, in, I'm not into that. Anyways, I eventually showed up. And the way that they typically would operate back in the day was they would do some sort of baseline testing on your first session, basically just trying to find out where you're at, but also allow you to figure out where you're at and how, right. and, and for me, it was really humbling because I realized, man, I'm not as far as I thought I was <laughs> <You know? laughs> in my journey, as far as fitness and health and performance was concerned. And I got spanked, absolutely spanked that very first workout. And my ego was like, hell no, I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm going to do this again (laughs) because that can't be how I end this, you know, experience with CrossFit is on this negative of me just doubting myself and feeling like, wow, I just got school. So I went back within about a week, you know, the guy that owned it and the guy that was coaching me at the time, Patty, he's like, he watched me run. I'm not very graceful. Okay, Joe. No, no one's taught me how to run. I'm not a graceful runner. I I make a lot of noise. I huff and I puff. Okay. Like there's just I'm I'm heavy footed. Okay. It's just them. I'm like, you know, it's just the way it is. And uh he started calling me moose because I run like a moose. Um, But also because of the old Archie Jughead comics, remember Moose and that has got a fairly defined jawline. And so between the jawline, how I run and kind of the oafishness of myself as far as what came to physical fitness, Coach Moose emerged and it just sort of stuck, you know. And, And when I started blogging and coming online for many, many years, about a decade, I always was referring to myself as Coach Moose. So, um, it, the name is stuck. Some people still refer to me as that. And, uh, even the CrossFit gym that I occasionally will cover classes for some of the, the the crew when they're unable, um, just cause I love doing that stuff still. Um, it's not my career, but I sure do enjoy it. Um, and all that community still refers to me as Coach Moose. So it's kind of fun, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's how all that came about. That's a good nickname, man. There's much worse ones out there. So that's a good one. right? Yeah, here. right. <laughs>
0: There sure
1: is. And
0: then, uh, <laughs> I love your uh, your 5F
1: approach to living. So let's start off. First of all, what are those 5Fs? We'll start there. Well, hey, listen, all of us have certain values, right? Like, if we were to ask everybody listening or watching this right now, it's like, hey, what, what are your primary values? I mean, those values that you're not willing to ever negotiate around, you know, they're non negotiables, like, they are set. Because there's something that's really powerful when you get really clear on what are your primary values, the things that you're not willing to ever sacrifice, it can become very good beacons, if you will, to provide us direction, you know, and for me, when I really got clear on what those were for me, uh, and also because I was writing a book at the time and uh, (laughs) alliteration, helps people remember stuff, and uh, so, of course, I came up with five Fs to sort of represent those values, and what they are is fitness, faith, family, finances, and an overarching roof of fun, okay, and and those five Fs, when it really boils down to it, I mean, those are all encompassing, and sure, they can be catch-alls, you, you know, when I say finances, what does that mean? Well, the way I make money, the way I invest money, but also the way I share money, right, it, it can encompass just my belief systems around finances. Family, same thing. That could be not only just immediate family, it could be uh, indirect family or community, right? Um, but I found that they were words that really encompassed that. And as I aligned my life to prioritize those values, I've noticed that the resistance around change, the resistance to be resilient, all that started to fall away. Not that it's not still there, okay? Full disclosure, it's still there. <laughs> but my ability to get through it or avoid it at times just became much more real and present. And uh, and that's what I mean. It's sort of this clarifying thing because I think a lot of us struggle with the gray zone in life. You know what I mean? Like there's that yes and there's that no, very clear answers. They, they are their own sentences. Yes, period. But then there's this thing in the middle, which is the large part, which is the maybe, right? <laughs> And or the what if, and we spend a lot of time in that place. Right. When you get clear on your values, it helps you cut through the gray area to get to a decision quicker. As an example, you know I I speak quite frequently, so I I do a lot of keynoting and speaking and like brand appearances, that kind of stuff. I love it. I love connecting with audiences and connecting with people. Right. I like telling a good story. Right. So, um, it's cool. I love it, but. Sometimes the scheduling can conflict with my family commitments. I'm not willing to negotiate on those because that's a primary. That's the main thing that I'm always working to to really protect and solidify. So if there's something that's going to take me away from my family, and especially during a very milestone moment or an event, my answer is no. You know, just really easy. It's not like, oh, maybe maybe we can switch things. It's like, no. It's a no for this, and here's why. If you need to know the reason, you know, and, and, and so it's been very freeing for me now, because anybody ever feel like, geez, I just, you know, you feel like you just don't have control of your schedule, right? Like it's just like, and also FOMO plays into it, right? The fear of missing out. So we say, yes, probably a lot more. We overcommit. We don't have enough time to do the things that we've committed to, which starts to create a negative feeling, negative perspective on ourselves, which in itself creates a need to procrastinate. Let's avoid all that stuff and just do something else to distract ourselves right now because we don't want to admit that I feel like I'm failing, you know? I'm not following through what I said I would do. I'm not feeling very integral with my life right now. And, and sometimes we do other things. For me, it was also alcohol. For a big chart of my life, alcohol was the way I would distract myself from those negative feelings about myself. You know, it's all good. I'll just have that. I'll, I'll, I'll have a couple drinks right now. I'll chill. I'll relax. I'll worry about that stuff tomorrow. And then, you know, tomorrow, the same thing happens, right? So... Um, I became very good at collecting tomorrows, you know, <laughs> and and eventually you wake up one day, you empty your pockets with all these tomorrows that you think you've collected, and you realize, oh, they're just a bunch of wasted yesterdays, right? Oh, so it's like, and that's where I was, you know, so making those changes really helped when I got clear on what those primary values are. And so I invite everybody, maybe the five S aren't yours, that's fine. Figure out what yours are, though, you know? And and there's lots of great exercises. Brene Brown's got a wonderful book that talks about this quite quite a bit. Um, and even if you just watch some of her TED talks, you know, she talks about vulnerability, but she also talks about um different ways of getting honest with oneself, you know. Uh more in the professional vein, um, not not as much in the personal vein, but I, I find the two are very synergistic. So, you know, um anyways, that's what I would recommend everybody do.
0: You know? Yeah, I mean, you, you can lie to everybody else, but you can't be lying to yourself. You, can, you can't do that.
1: So. Yeah, well said. So, 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 so I, like, I like that
0: you tie, you tie it all together yeah. with fun. So why was fun such an important part of you having your lifestyle
1: like that? Listen, Joe, if you can't smile at least once every day, there's room for improvement, all right? Yeah, there <laughs> so it, it, the fun aspect is just the, the that sense of joy that we get and happiness that we get. When we're doing things that make us feel fulfilled, you know what I mean? Like that—that yeah. that idea of fulfillment. That like I've got, like everything I've got is is enough, and and I'm doing the things, and I'm filling my days with the things that I want to fill it with, the people I want to fill it with, the experiences I want to fill it with, and it creates this space to experience more joy and happiness. Which inevitably, the byproduct of that is you're gonna have more fun, you're gonna smile more. Okay, so, yeah. uh, and also you navigate the challenges a little bit more let's just say constructively, um, maybe not with that negative, like, Oh gosh, I got to work through this. Oh, this is going to be awful. It's like, yeah, it's okay. It's just, it's a chapter. I got to get through this chapter and then I'll write a new chapter, you know? And it's like, it's just shifting our relationship with, with how we look at things, you know, that worldview or that world perspective as well as the self perspective. And, that's what we can see change. I mean, you as a coach, you know this very well with your teams, right? Like you might get a brand new player to a team, you know, or a whole crew of them brand new when those first years come in. Right. And it's like, there's a certain belief system that they might have not only about themselves, about the team, like, but it's your role as their coach, their mentor, the person that's not only inviting them in, but to guide them. Right. And, and you are very good at doing that because you've already done it for yourself. And I think that's why I often refer to coaches as mentors, especially people like yourself, Joe, because it's, it's not just coaching. You are bringing a lot of yourself to what you coach. And that really elevates it to the level of mentorship because you're like, Hey, I've been there. I've done that. I got the t-shirt to show, (laughs) you know, and, uh, but here you go. And, And by sharing that is an act of vulnerability which I think is extremely powerful, but it's not something that we're all very comfortable with. And, and I can definitely speak to that because it's not something that I grew up with, you know, vulnerability. I mean, talk about how I'm feeling. <laughs> I forget that, you know, like, <laughs> that was what was modeled by the men in my life. So of course I wouldn't expect anything different until, you know, you feel that need to change or you want to connect or you want to help other people. You realize vulnerability has got to be part of the equation. Yeah, for sure. It's got to be you know? And, but how do we practice that? How do we learn that skill and develop it in a way that we feel safe, right? That, that's where the conundrum is. That's where the challenge is. That's Otherwise, it. we'd all be walking around thinking, yeah, I'll be vulnerable anytime, anywhere, you know? And, but no, that's not the case, you know? Yeah, it's tough.
0: Like, I mean, that's it's not really how most of us yeah. grew up, but you know, I've noticed, you know, as we right. talked earlier, I've got a, a teenage son. He plays sports and yeah. I found we connect much deeper when I talk about my struggles rather than when I talk about how good I was back in the day, you know, yeah, they can connect with that, right? Thank rather you. than not just being this, oh yeah, I was, I was awesome back in, the day. you should have seen yes. me. It, that's great and all, but when they, you share their struggles, that's when they lean in a little bit and, and catch your lessons. So if you're listening right now, if you're like me, ah. that's how I started off trying to, I started off telling them how good I was and I was like, well, he don't need to hear all that. He needs to hear <laughs> all the struggles, right? To realize, Oh you
1: know, yeah, you
0: know, we're all human. And, and he went through this too. Then I think, I think I'll get through this situation as well.
1: Well said. And Joe, that's the, the perfect example of this uh, practice, you know, in motion and, right. but it's not easy. Right. And I'm sure, you know, the first few times when you're opening up about some of those stories, especially if there's stories that you haven't told before or very infrequently, it, it, it's a, you know, it's an emotional conversation, right? And emotions, we are not humans being emotional. We are emotional humans, right? Like we are sentient beings. We have this thing called emotions. So don't try to avoid it. As much as you believe in stoicism and I want to be stoic, I want to be the sage, you know, and (laughs) just be even keel. Forget about it, man. You're going against your programming, okay? like (laughs) The defaults are there, but it doesn't mean we have to let the defaults rule us. Right, right. We we can learn to to navigate it in a more effective and powerful way, um, and that's where developing a skill around vulnerability can really good. But but just full disclosure, people are listening to this. There might be some people like shaking their head, like no way, man, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I think it, vulnerability is a weakness. You don't ever show your weakness, and I get it. I, I can appreciate that position. But what I have to ask you is, can you see areas in your life where vulnerability did help you? You know, because there is moments where it's clearly helped people. I, I'm like, hey, if you've gotten a date and more importantly, got a second date with that same person, you got really good at vulnerable. OK, <laughs> like you had to be vulnerable to, to even go out with somebody, to ask them to go out. And who knows? Maybe that's where you got your life partner. Right. And uh, so it is a skill and it's a skill that can serve us really well. But not everyone is deserving of our vulnerability. It has to be earned right you know yeah. because it's huge for developing trust and if you lose trust good luck ever getting it back you know oh, good
0: luck. that's a big one that's a big one right there yeah. wow what a great episode you share that with somebody i'm going to share with you some awesome sponsors mcwilliams marketing they can help your business grow regardless of the size of project you're gonna get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business no cookie cutter one-size-fits approach here so Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that you think you can do but you're not really that good at it you don't have time for it they can do that they're the experts it's what they do web design online conversion optimization SEO uh, graphic design marketing page management all that stuff Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at mcwilliamsmarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teek Patnick with Patnick Realty. He really does it all in the real estate world. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments, all that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teek. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teek, and you should too. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Embrace the power of visual learning. Are you a football referee, a coach, a player, a fan? Would you want to see the game from the perspective of officials on the field? Do you want a better understanding of the rules? Get It Right provides 3D simulations and virtual reality to learn the game and get invaluable reps from the comfort of your home. Go to GetItRightTraining.com. Train today for a better game tomorrow. Over the past four years, Valley Leadership Academy has established a reputation for being the ideal alternative to traditional schools by providing an excellent education along with real-life leadership and service opportunities. Now is your chance to come alongside them and help them grow to the next level. Please visit valleyleadershipacademy.org to find out about personal and corporate sponsorships that will help this remarkable school grow in an even brighter spot in Huntsville. Together, we can make a difference hey these are awesome businesses go support them they're out supporting positivity and they will do you right have an awesome day